It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com. Apple, iHeart, you name it, we're out there spreading the good word, trying to educate people on the pathway to better living of course, in a no-judgment environment, just here to kind of make today better than yesterday and, of course, work together to have tomorrow better than today. And, you know, a lot of good things are happening. We're breaking into this new 2021. We're seeing we get this pandemic under control a bit, and, you know, life's starting to come back, and spring's around the corner, and I'm getting excited. There's a lot of good stuff happening, especially when it comes to the cannabis world and hemp world. And I don't know if people, I just saw I had a press release come out myself last week. Uh, pretty excited to announce a partnership with a retailer called CBD Emporium. Uh, I am going to be formulating some premier products for them and uh, excited to put my innovation to work for such an emerging retail brand. I call them the Sephora of CBD companies right now. They are really rocking it and they're going to be all over the place. So I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for today's guest too, because now that I have these products to make, I've got to source out ingredients. I've got to work on my formulations and you know I'm a stickler. So when it, when it comes down to it, I want to have the good stuff. So it's my pleasure to have today Jeremy Goldstein and Keith Waffle. Uh, part of if I mispronounced that, uh, um, from Caliper Foods. Guys, thanks so much for coming on today. You bet. Thanks Thank for you. having us. So, Jeremy and Keith, though, I think I came across Caliper. You were doing a presentation. Jeremy's COO. Uh, Keith is a research and development scientist. You know, you guys have great backgrounds. This is, you know, pretty exciting. Let's talk, how did you guys get into this cannabis CBD space uh, in the first place? Sure. Uh, so my co-founder, Justin Singer, and I uh, started the company in 2014, uh, and we approached cannabis from the beginning in, in a slightly different way. What, what we said is if we look at cannabinoids as functional ingredients, uh, as opposed to things made to get you high, uh, what type of company would we build? And so we started by thinking of ourselves as a food and supplement company instead of a cannabis company, which is why we ended up hiring Keith, who had been a senior food scientist at Mars, as one of our very first hires. Um, and so we started focusing on marijuana and the THC side. Uh, and the first products that we launched uh, was a low-dose cannabis-infused tea. Uh, and we chose that because we said, you know, what's a product that we can make that um, takes the illicit nature away from the way that people think about cannabis? How can we bring this to the masses? Well, first thing we realized is that we needed to create a microdose product, um, something that didn't necessarily uh, get people high and didn't scare them. Two, we needed to put it in a format that people were comfortable with, uh, not vaping, not smoking, tea. Tea, one of the most popular beverages in the world. Um, three, uh, tea was already ritualistic, right? People were, were comfortable with using it uh, to make their days a little bit better, to help them sleep. Uh, they already thought about tea in relation to functional ingredients. Um, and so we launched Stillwater Tea. We got together in 2014, created the product in 2015 and 2016 and launched in Colorado under the uh, company Stillwater Brands in 2016. Now we had a, uh, a food science challenge here. If we wanted to launch a tea with cannabinoids, which are fat soluble, uh, we needed to turn THC into a water soluble format. Uh, and this is where uh, Keith ultimately joined us and, and helped us create 
you know, what has gone on to be a platform that isn't just for our THC products, but is for our CBD products, our CBD ingredients that we sell to customers, et cetera. Uh, so that's the origin story. As far as how we got into the, the hemp side of the business and ultimately commercial ingredients, um, people started formulating with our product, right? Um, we had this powder that we used originally to go into the tea. Ultimately, we realized that was a great product on its own, this water-soluble powder that you could add to anything that was flavorless, um, essentially make anything inedible or infuse anything with cannabinoids. Uh, that product was called Ripple. Um, and people started using our high CBD version of Ripple to formulate for CBD-only products. Um, and we said, uh, you know, here's an opportunity for us to create um, product app, uh, to create formats that are directly applicable to product applications. So somebody wanted to create an RTD beverage. Well, we created our powder for instant dissolvability. Um, but instead of that, how can we create a water soluble formula that is going to be shelf stable, uh, you know, for a year at a time, and it's going to work in an RTD beverage matrix. Uh, so I, I'll hand over to Keith there, but th that, that's sort of the origin. I love that. And I think that's, you know, let's start, jump back on that for a second. You know, I definitely am familiar with Stillwater and, and the other names you mentioned. Many people probably aren't, but, you know, I love that you guys started with this as a food and supplement kind of focused company. That's where my background is 20 years in the natural products industry. Uh, Jeremy, you're, I guess, based in Boulder. So that's like a Mecca, the home of, of the natural products world with new hope and everyone out there. I've been doing this for so many years. So that's the same approach that I had. And I had some clients in the early days in around 2014 or so 2015 that I was advising down that path and they could not get past just that it was either to treat a disease or we're going to make cure epilepsy or something like that, which I admire the, the desire, but Functionally, it's not really as well-received or market isn't as good. So I, I think that's a great approach, and I wish more companies did that. One of my personal passions is to push this product, this plant, more as a vegetable, as a food ingredient than it is a drug or some, you know, you know, crazy uh, illicit compound that we shouldn't be, we should be scared about. So I think that's really great. So going to Keith and, and this formulation, um, yes, delivery systems and functionality. And I think where I came across you guys was – Several years ago, I was looking at formulating for a company, and I and there was a lot of talk about nano and lipo and all these other things that were the hot new you know delivery systems. And I kept pumping the brakes with my my, my clients for the science, the validity. And and one of the things that I heard in a talk uh, was the bioactivity and bioavailability. You know, and so this is key. I mean, for anyone like for me, formulating for any, even a consumer buying, like, I think that those are some key terms that we should address first and foremost. And then we can discuss if you don't mind, you know, where you've kind of came into the, the product development stuff even further. Sure. So the, um, the bioavailability piece of it, it's, I mean, it's not uncommon for many food systems not to be well absorbed. So a lot of your vitamins like calcium, for example, is all, often only 20 or 30% absorbed, right? So this is a common, uh, problem statement to software for functional foods across the board. With cannabinoids, because of their fat soluble nature, when you ingest them, you know, some of the reporting has been as low as 6% absorption or bioavailability. So it's old adage, if you're not absorbing it, you're not gonna get the benefit of, of the cannabinoids. So it's very important that the products are designed that when you ingest them, they actually get through, you know, absorb through your small intestines and get into the bloodstream so you can actually get the intended effect. So when you, dig deeper than, than like, how do you know if it's actually working other than qualitative information? In other words, I took this product 10 minutes later, I feel great, right? right? That's one way of measuring it. But what about actually measuring it deeper 
in humans and saying, well, you feel great in 10 minutes, but let's actually see what's getting into your bloodstream so you can really understand how much and how fast it's getting absorbed into your bloodstream. And that's, some, that's actually a lot of the work we've been doing on a clinical research level is not testing in mice and rodents, but actually testing in humans. And that's where a lot of this clinical research is just hasn't been done yet in, in edibles. For oh, no. Yeah, in general, I mean, I think that's a great point. I mean, right now, one of the things we're looking at is research overseas, which scare, which is not sad that it's not, it's necessary that we can't do human trials safely or effectively in the United States with this plant and this compound. And you know, even like talking to some of my colleagues in, in Jamaica right now to maybe do some human trials there, only because I'll have that pool of population without the regulatory hurdles and so forth. But it's impressive you guys have taken a leap forward towards human trials, so that's great. And what, is, what happened when the Farm Bill passed in December of 2018, it made it a lot easier to test CBD with universities. Prior to that, we actually had to work much more aggressively behind the scenes to get any clinical study whatsoever. Um, so CBD was the first two trials that we've looked at. We're actually doing THC right now. And you mentioned, you hit the nail on the head because of all the red tape, if you will, doing a pharmacokinetic on THC is incredibly challenging to do. And we're actually doing a seven week study with on, you know, pharmacokinetics, and we are week number three on this study. And it, the, the regulation actually makes it very difficult to want to do the right thing from a research standpoint. I'll leave it at that. It's been a very, very challenging study to execute for that reason. But, but we're super excited that we're able to do this study with, with Colorado State University. And, the, you know, the reason yes. we're able to do that is because of the two uh, prior pharmacokinetic studies that we were able to do with CBD. So it's taken a while to get here. Um, but yeah, we, we are going to be one of the first, uh, you know, at least testing with commercially available THC products. Uh, doing pharmacokinetic research with a, a major university. It's a game breaker. That's why I wanted, again, I was excited to have you guys on talk about some of that stuff because you hear on the federal level, they want to let more research happen. They want to make open up the gates to this. But meanwhile, there's been a lot of research culturally. There's a lot of research internationally and globally for years, but we need to get more of these U.S.-based uh, universities and colleges to collaborate with us on, on a science you know, basis. So it's nice. Of course, Colorado is, part, is leading the way in that in that regard. So it's good. And to give, to give a little bit more context to some of the work that's been looked at, fat-soluble THC in its native format is actually easier to formulate products with, say, making brownies or that kind of product, or even gummies. Um, some of the stuff that we wanted to really dig deeper in is what is the effect on whether it be emulsified cannabinoids or in its fat-soluble base. And the difference is that is actually very significant. And when you take CBD and you take it into its water-soluble format, we're finding that the absorption rate is far, far, far superior. So you're getting a lot more of it faster. You're getting more of it absorbed to your body. So again, this is a, this, the studies, because we want to design products that ultimately consumers get the benefit that they're looking for. Yeah. Right. I, that, go ahead. I was going to say, that, that, that's key. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's effect. And, and especially in America, we want instant gratification. We want to feel something. We want to know. Of course, there's a percentage of placebo benefit. But now this is wonderful stuff. Listen, we're going to keep talking. We're going to take a quick break here. Come right back at this brief message. I got Jeremy and Keith here. We're talking from Caliper Foods, talking about innovation, delivery systems, bioavailability. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your concierge of Better Living. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. The concierge for Better Living. We'll continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right. And we are back with Jeremy and Keith from Caliper Foods. And, you know, again, first of all, it's a foods company. I keep saying that. It's not like, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about just cannabinoids or cannabis only. And um, But I just did a talk uh, for Whole Plant Expo called Cannabis is Food. And I've been trying to push this beyond even just the seeds and the seed oil, the protein, the fiber. I'm looking at the leaves and the greens and the whole aspect of it because I think this is just another plant. But again, you know, we want to talk about the nutrients you can get from this plant. A lot of um, people are talking to refers to the cannabinoids as the vitamins of this plant. Like it's a vitamin category, you know, and I think that if more language went down that way, we would get some of the stigma uh, from, you know, big pharma off their backs a little bit. And I'm not for, for the synthesize now, but here's a question I have. Um, in your formulations, are we using what, are we isolating the cannabinoids? Um, and I'm okay, again, there's that whole whole context of isolated, you know, uh, dietary supplements, like ascorbic acid, even synthesized versus from a vitamin C perspective, but it seemed to work better when they added bioflavonoids and rose hips to those formulations. If we start with the CBD and maybe you're using an isolate, do you, how does that process work when it comes to the functionality of the products at, and the end result? Sure. I, I guess the first thing that, that we think is really important is that we look at we look at all the cannabinoids as individual bioactives. They all have their own effects and they have to be looked at differently. Right. Uh, they have to be understood and they have to be quantified. So, you know, Delta-8 is something that's being talked about right now yeah. a lot, right? Like that is an individual cannabinoid that is very different than CBD. And so if you, you know, you need to be able to accurately label and let consumers know what's going into their product. So um, from our perspective, the things that matter are consistency um, and you can't have consistency in a product without um, isolating the cannabinoids first and layering them onto each other. So we use the analogy of uh, let's say blueberries versus fruit salad. You know what you're getting if you order blueberries. If you order fruit salad, you could be getting a, a hodgepodge of fruit, all which too are Too much great. melon, too much melon, always too much yeah, melon. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's going to be different from each each place that you go to. You have a general idea of what a fruit salad entails, but not down to the specifics. So um, for us and the products that we build, we start with the most isolated form of something that we can get. So if that's THC, we work with a, a, a very clean distillate oil. Uh, if that's a CBD product, we start with CBD. If we want to add other cannabinoids to it, something like CBG, let's say, we're going to work in an isolated format with that which is not to say that we don't see a place, for example, in a tincture of a whole plant extract. But even in those cases, we would argue that proper labeling would mean that you would have to show what the key bioactives in that tincture are. For the example. minors, the companions, and then there's, minors. Yeah. Exactly. there's so many molecules, there's so many compounds, as I said, there's over 500. Like I've just done a research study on you know, my own pilot study that we're working to elaborate on further, but I looked at flavonoids and micronutrients, you know, in, in, in aspects of the plant. Now that's a whole nother, you know, category and catalog of compounds. And many of them have functional impacts, whether it be magnesium or, you know, a certain flavonoid, you know? So these are things that, again, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's going to be a place for all of these, but my concern is only that we still haven't gotten full FDA guidance, um, 
in this category. So that's for me, again, as a formulator or as someone that consults with brands and manufacturers or what have you is how do we look, how do we go forward in this industry? You know, how do we go forward with this? I mean, I'm just asking, there's no different yeah. answers. It's just the challenges that we're all dealing with right now. And I'm sharing this with the audience because I wish it was so easy, but we're being hogtied by regulatory negligence in this regard, not even just oversight, mm -hmm. but negligence. I think that as a, as a CPG company that wants to, you know, launch a, a let's say a CBD product, um, right now you've sort of got three ways to look at it. Uh, you can um, do nothing at this point and say, I'm going to wait for regulatory certainty and just, let's say, do R&D, which is a totally valid way to approach the market right now. Right. Uh, and by the way, doing anything in R&D is completely legal and fine. Two, you can do what a lot of, uh, let's say, I'll call them Gen 1 CBD companies are doing which is they're, they're out there um, launching products, making claims, um, uh, using misleading marketing and, and sort of saying, hey, uh, you know, if, if the FDA slaps me on the wrist or the FTC finds me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live with that. Um, and, uh, you know, the third way, um, I guess, is to proceed with caution um, and launch CBD products uh, where you've actually done the clinical research um, to show some of the benefits that we're talking about here and make only those claims. And at this point, that really means pharmacokinetic claims. I can't say CBD is going to have this effect that's medical, that's not okay. Um, but what I can do is say that, you know, this CBD is going to be absorbed into your bloodstream at this time, or into a certain extent, maybe this CBD has been tested to have some type of minor effect that isn't a medical claim. But in all of these cases, doing it right, you're proceeding cautiously and you're, and you're, and you're doing it ethically from the place of only things that you can prove. Yeah, I love that. Again, I, I know it's not an easy, I sometimes I put little hot spot questions on there, but I know it's not an easy solution. I've been in this space, as we mentioned earlier, you know, since probably 2014 or so before when it comes to CBD and hemp derived CBD and kind of looking at this, helping, you know, companies and labeling compliance. It was originally like, you know, is it uh, aerial parts and versus, you know, it's it's challenging. So I just want people to understand, even that are listening now, whether you're a consumer looking to buy these products or whether you're a brand looking to incorporate or innovate with these ingredients, it's something that there there's still no black and white. There's still that little area of gray. But if you operate, like you know Jeremy was saying, in this path of integrity with this ethical standard, whether you look to validate and prove through research and testing or COAs and all this quality control, you, you basically do your best. And I think that that's really the, the, the strategy that I say, even when it comes to daily living is you got to do your best, you know, and, and even if, you know, you can't make it perfect. There's no such thing in this world. But uh, when you have someone like Keith there, I think you have an advantage. And I want to be able to you know, acknowledge that with the background of formulation and science, when you put that into play, you have a lot more value than those brands that are just taking someone else, other manufacturers word for it. Just saying, hey, uh, white label this bottle and sell it on Amazon is not the same as doing the due diligence. It sounds like, you know, that you guys are putting into your ingredients and your consumer brands. So I just want to give you, you know, that acknowledgement. It's definitely a, the right way to go. So. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So, so you have this ingredient play, which makes a lot of sense after you've proven their effect, you know, so, um, and more human trials. So the, the goal is to keep pushing your house consumer brand, your own products at the same time, offering your proven ingredients to other manufacturers to give them basically to support the industry, to keep putting more quality 
functionally effective products. Is that the, the gist of it right now? Yeah, we, we don't look at it as a zero sum game. You know, some people ask us sometimes, uh, hey, if you sell an ingredient to, let's say you sell your powder, right? Because we have a consumer product that is our, our caliper powder uh, that can either be, you know, poured into anything flavorless. They say, well, what if you sell your powder to somebody else and they make a competitor product? That That's great. Yeah. All we want to do is we want to move the industry forward with, uh, we want to move the category forward of powder. We want to move the category forward of, of liquid concentrates. And we want more people to have the benefit of, of good, high quality, tested, researched um, products. Uh, that's really at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people are, are um, really worried way too early in this game, uh, you know, about cannibalizing themselves or, or, or something like that. It's just not the way that we look at the world. Um, the, the opportunity that's there, both for consumers, for businesses, uh, is, you know, I'm not going to say infinite, but relative to where we are right now is just a drop in the bucket. Um, and so when we have uh, FDA oversight, when we have federal legalization, let's say of other cannabinoids, when we have all these things, uh, you know, this market is enormous. And so any, anyone that's worried about trying to protect a, a small slice of that right now is, is not really building for the future. I agree with you. That's why you say these are all active compounds. They're individual constituents. They're going to be part of this foray of, of, of ingredient supply side, you know, formulation, whether it be food, beverages, dietary supplements, it's going to be there. So I think that you're right. And that's why for me personally, the same reason why I said with something like CBD Emporium, you know, to help them innovate and bring new products onto the market in no way says that every other product in their store is crap. Like, how could you do that? There's no way. I, I've done this so many years. I say, oh, the, what multivitamin do you take? Well, I take this one, but sometimes I switch off a couple to a different one because you know what? There's more than one good one on the shelves. And if people think that that's not true, then you haven't shopped enough stores because there's so many different options and varieties. So I, I like that approach. I also am someone that believes there's enough you know, room in the sandbox for everyone to have fun, to play together, uh, to enjoy themselves. But at the same time, there's a lot of you know, shady actors in this industry as well. So the more people that are using qualified or researched ingredients like that, like you guys are you know, offering, I think the better overall industry will be able to you know, represent. I think that's a great you know, place to be, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you guys on because I saw you guys in a uh, you know, presenting to an audience of, of manufacturers and just how it's being brought out there was really high level. And I really appreciated that because I see a lot of, a lot of BS in the space. Let's put it that way. So awesome. we're going to take one more quick break. We're going to come back, wrap up this show with uh, Jeremy and Keith from Caliper Foods. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living here at CannabisRadio.com. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on cannabisradio.com. 
All right, all right, all right. And I'll give you my Matthew McConaughey for this last segment to wrap this up. And, uh, you know, again, there's so much that we can talk about. And for those like us that have been in this space for many years, you've seen such a change or transition already. And as you're saying, there's so much more we have room to go. I mean, this, this is still the early stages of this industry, you know, this industry of cannabinoids, science, formulations, therapeutics. So, you know, being both part of 1.0, and I was saying early days, you found crude, dark hemp extract in syringes was really the first sampling of CBD oil from hemp into the marketplace to now we have clinically studied, you know, bioactively proven ingredients in, in consistent form. That was 1.0. We're now, I guess, into 2.0-ish, going into the next chapter. Where, do, What do you see are the key elements of that transition, and, and what would you hope to see going forward? Yeah, I, I think CBD 1.0 has a little bit of a, a credibility problem. Um, and by that, I mean that, you know, listen, everybody heard about CBD, right? This started a couple of years ago. People jumped on the wagon. They maybe tried products for a specific effect that they were hoping to get. Uh, and, and if it didn't meet uh, their expectations, they didn't come back. Um, and so, you know, for example, the most popular um, use case uh, per most surveys that people use CBD for is, you know, general aches, uh, right? Uh, one survey found that only one in four people who tried CBD to help them with their aches uh, uh, felt that it was beneficial, right? So if you go down the list of the use cases, you're going to find a lot of numbers like that. Um, and when people's expectations aren't met, uh, you're going to lose them. You can get them back, but you're going to lose them for now. And I, I think there are a few reasons in, in products 1.0. Uh, that we've seen this. Um, one, uh, the amount of CBD on labels uh, aren't actually being met. The FDA did a study and found that less than 50% of the products that they tested, um, tested for the uh, as much CBD as was claimed on the label. Um, products weren't necessarily formulated in the first place to contain enough CBD, right? Maybe you were putting in 10 milligrams, let's say, into a serving when really for this specific effect that people were going for, they needed more than that. And then the last one, which is, you know, what we talked about at the beginning and what our study was on, which was maybe products were the wrong format. Uh, if you were using fat soluble, which is going to take a long time to get into your bloodstream, for example, uh, versus uh, using something that's water soluble. And, and that's a general catch all formulation matters. And, you know, we can talk about that. But uh, if you were expecting to, let's say, feel um, some type of relief uh, uh, in the first, you know, 30 minutes hour, um, but this isn't getting in your bloodstream until four hours later. Well, you've got a match of expectations. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I think some of the big problems with 1.0 has been. I, I think the biggest things to get to 2.0 is, you know, it, it's, it's a regulatory body that's actually regulating CBD. I think um, uh, most consumers don't understand. I, I think it was 92% of consumers either didn't know or thought that the FDA was currently regulating CBD, which is, right. you know, understandable to think when it's when it's out there in in, in the marketplace. Everywhere. Um, so that's one. Um, uh, and two, we need to drive the science forward. Uh, we need uh, more people like Keith and, and more studies like we've done. And, and, and I guess, you know, one of the interesting things, uh, and maybe Keith can talk about this, is that uh, this isn't a, um, a one size fits all. Just because we're saying that water soluble increases bioavailability, that doesn't necessitate other people from doing research on each, each right. individual formulation. And maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, yeah no, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's not like oil-based is bad, water-soluble is better, it solves all the world's problems. Not true. Water-based, because it's faster absorbing, we've seen the benefits. Like if you take, if you're taking a tincture and it says hemp extract on a label, first of all, how many drops do you take? Because how much CBD does that give you, for example, right? You don't really know. And your feedback loop, if it takes hours to absorb, we have 
That's a long time to remember two hours before if you took two drops or four drops of work, your aches and pains. So that's when, like Jeremy was saying with 1.0, we feel when you go with 2.0, you can product would be better designed to give consumers more clarity to what they're actually taking in their product and, and have better alignment for expectations. I think that's very important. And labeling, the transparency of labeling uh, as an industry is it's a good opportunity for people to really know when you spend your, your money on a product, you know exactly what you're buying, exactly what that dose looks like, and exactly how that dose responds in your body. And that's where we feel 2.0 is going to get much more traction in that area and really get more sophisticated products that are more consistent and um, more consistent and more um, reliable to consumers. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. We, one thing, Rob, like uh, when we're talking about speed of onset, for example, as meeting people's expectations, nobody drinks coffee in the morning to feel in the afternoon. Right. So that would be a, a, a you know, a, a, a mismatch of expectations. Uh, the same thing has to happen with CBD. If, if, if you're taking something that you want, you know, let's say time release or you want to last all night, that's a very different product than a post-workout recovery where I, I, I want to feel something right away, for example. Um, but Keith, one thing I, I would love if maybe you could talk about is that directionally, when we talk about water soluble and people talk about nano, right? That's a big buzzword, right? The smaller the particles, the better it's absorbed. It is far from that simple. Um, and in fact, some of our products that let's say don't have the smallest particle size absorb faster than our other products that do. Maybe, maybe that's because of the formulation. Maybe that's because of the emulsifiers that are being used. But all of this uh, forces uh, companies to actually look at their individual products and test them individually, not let's say piggyback of, off of our research to make a claim. It's not predictive. You can't say if you make a particle size X, you know, tiny to 100 nanometers, you're going to get directionally better bioavailability. That is not the case. Mother Nature is not that simple. What we found is it's a combination of how you process it with what type of emulsifier you use, because the emulsifier also matters quite a bit. And the only way you're going to know that is actually ingestion of the product and as it transports into small intestines into the bloodstream. And the emulsifier itself, in combination with the particle size, in combination with the type of carrier oil, in combination with your dose, all matters. And that's simplifying it. When you go even deeper, is oh, yeah. empty stomach, you know, you fasted or do you have food in your stomach? Right. Genetic variability is tremendous. Yeah, you look at interpersonal variability is an enormous in, difference. Oh, I was, yeah. Genetics is a whole other category. I've had, you know, uh, people on talking about even the nutritional gen genetics impact on how those other endocannabinoids respond. It's, it's, it's so crazy. And you guys are, are, are obviously working through those details. It's a journey that's just still underway. We're not at the end result by any means. I'm excited that we were able to take today the time to get a little more familiar with Caliper Foods and what you guys are up to. I'm excited personally, as I said earlier, about some of the formulations and products that I'm putting together. Going to have to do some follow-up because I think you guys have, you know, really some good stuff on the, uh, you know, on your table right there. And I appreciate you taking the time to share with my audience because they have to understand that CBD is not just CBD, is not just CBD, and all products aren't made equally and all products won't affect you the same way. So we have to take this, you know, step by step and individually, but if we work together, we keep educating the masses like we're doing today, and hopefully we you know, evolve 2.0 and into 3.0 and have really high-quality cannabis products of all form and function with all different cannabinoids, including THC, THC derivatives and forms available to us, because I think that's what our bodies are, 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 
prepared to receive, need to receive, and uh, will make us all a healthier and happier society. So thank you guys so much. We'll make sure to post links to your website, any other information when we post the show, get this out to all our network, and uh, we'll stay in touch. And as again, as those research uh, findings or more studies come out and you have some cool results to share with the audience, please come back on and uh, we'd love to talk to you some more. Thanks great. a lot. Thank it was you. great being here. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Thank you, everyone at Cannabis Radio. Thank you, my man, Brasco, for making this happen, as always. Uh, thank you for all you tuning in, sharing, asking questions. If you got some questions for me, you have a guest you want me to talk to or drill or put on the hot seat, don't forget to shout out. This is Doc Rob, your concierge of Better Living here at uh, you know, Cannabis Radio and everywhere else you're tuning in. Wishing you, as always, all the best in health and happiness. Take care and be well. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.